Hello and welcome to the Fingal Business Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Local Enterprise Office Fingal, one of 31 local enterprise offices around the country. Local Enterprise Office Fingal helps local business through a wide range of practical initiatives and programs. The Leo is your first stop shop for business supports. So whether you're just starting out or an established business, Local Enterprise Office Fingal is here to help. The aim of the Fingal Business Podcast is to share quality information for small business owner managers to enable you to be more effective in running a successful enterprise. My name is Sharon Rossignuolo, and in this series, I'll be chatting to prominent business owners in Fingal as they share their experience and advice on running a successful business. In this week's episode, I'm thrilled to speak to the founder and CEO of Gourmet Food Parlor, Lorraine Heskin, about her experience of starting a business, the challenges she experienced, and her tips and advice on how to survive and thrive. So Lorraine Heskin from Gourmet Food Parlor, you are very, very welcome to the Fingal Business Podcast. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you, Sharon. And it's great to be here. Thank you for having me. What inspired you to start up Gourmet Food Parlor? Well, I'll tell you, Sharon, it's a, it's a question that I get asked all the time and I love answering it because I suppose it's an evolution of my love of food and a time when I lived in America and I was working. I went to New York in 2001 and I stayed there for four years. And whilst I was living there, I was working in the food business. And prior to that, I had been with IBM. So I had come from like a real technical background or like a production control background going right into food. And you know what? I loved every second of it. And I was absolutely blessed to have the best experiences over there. I worked very, very hard. But I also had like for I was in my early 20s. So, I mean, the work experience that I was getting was absolutely incredible. Yeah. And what I was doing was I was working like for, as a broker representing manufacturers to the retailers over in the States. So I was able to travel a lot. And, and as a result of that, we were able to we were whining and dining clients and being wined and dined. Mm-hmm. And as you can imagine, in America, everything is so vast and so, you know, exceptionally amazing. And you know, if you walk into a supermarket, you nearly need to dedicate half a day to it because it was just, <laughs> you know, it was just all so new and different to me. Yeah. So, I mean, when I started over there as well, I was working for an Irish food company um, and I was literally walking the streets selling Irish food products into delis and supermarkets. Mm-hmm. And I suppose as a result of that, I just saw so many amazing restaurants and cafes and delis. And it just always intrigued me. And I always say that the concept of gourmet food parlor came from something that was budding inside me when I was living in New York at that stage. So when I moved back to Ireland a few years later and I knew in my heart and soul that I always wanted to set up my own business, then I kind of just suppose took the love that I had got for food over there. And, and brought it into this creation around Gourmet Food Parlor. And that's really how it kind of started. Brilliant, brilliant. Wow. And, you know, for anyone who's listening, who's in their early 20s, who, you know, maybe feels that, well, what's this about? It's such a long journey. It just goes to show that it's the experience you get earlier on that shapes what happens in the future. Oh, without a doubt. And also as well, Sharon, I really feel like there's like I always had a little bit of an inkling in me that I wanted to have my own business. I didn't really know what, what that was going to be. But then, you know, something clicked inside me and I had all like I kind of I thought, God, I really want to have a food business. I want to set up something that's going to be different in my own eyes and that's going to, you know, be something that I can be really proud of. And and that's kind of where it all started from. And, you know, it's scary. It's very, very scary and particularly the unknown. And it's a big risk. I mean, it's always a risk setting up a business. But look at it. If you're not in, you can't win. So look at no, no looking back. 
Absolutely. Just go for it. So in terms of starting up a business, what are the steps that are involved? So from the concept to the finances, to the branding, to getting people in the door, how do you do it? Yeah. And if I look back 2006, I'm 15 years in business this July. If I look back 15 years ago, I mean, really, I would have loved to have been able to do a course to know yeah, what, what, exactly. what, what everything that was required of me to do, because yeah. honestly, it, it, there's a lot. There's a lot. And, you know, as a person at that age, there was only so many attributes that I had or so many, I suppose, qualities that I was able to bring to the business. And there's a lot that you need to learn about because you need to be an all rounder, really, to kind of keep yes. it all going. And you're not going to be qualified in all those areas. But essentially, you need to set up a company and you need to decide, are you going to have a limited company or is it going to, you know, what kind of a company are you going to have? Are you going to be VAT registered? So essentially, you need to have, you know, you need to set up your company through a solicitor with the CRO and then you get your company number and then you can apply for a VAT number if that's the route that you want to go down. Mm-hmm. And then you have your business. And then from there, obviously, it totally depends on what it is. But in my instance, it was restaurants. And so, I mean, for me, the very first thing was trying to find a premises and trying to find a landlord who would actually take me seriously and actually, you know, say, OK, you know, I'm going to rent my premises to this girl. And it was that was a bit of a challenge. And then, yes, the finances. I mean, you need to prepare a business plan. I mean, that is really good, not just for, you know, gaining finance, but also for yourself to kind of bed down exactly what your business concept is going to be. Where do you want to take it? What do you want it to be? And how is it going to be executed? What's your short term plan? Say within the next year, what do you want for that? And what do you want within five years? And then around that business plan, you need to set goals. So you need to set like basically budgets in terms of creating a brand. My background at the time, Sharon, was sales and marketing. So, I mean, creating a brand kind of concept around Gourmet Food Parlor was really important to me. So before I'd even opened a door or turned a loaf of bread or served a coffee, I had like the, the logo and all the marketing around that, the bags and the stationery and the cups and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. That was really, really important to me. And 15 years later is even more important as your brand. You know, how, how do people perceive your brand? How do they look at your brand? And, you know, and what kind of a what do you want for that brand? And, and that is just so, so important. So I went back on all of that and I was working on that at the time. So that was really, really important. And then I suppose setting like your sales, as I mentioned, and and then your finances around that and what's achievable. What can you bring to the table? What do you need and what's achievable? Because when you are going into the banks and you're looking for money or if you're looking for finance from whatever place that you want to go to, it is very important to be very strong around your finances because they will pick gaps and holes in it. So, yeah, I mean, they're the main they're the main aspects, really, that you need to kind of look at before you start opening your business. In Leo Fingal, we do business clinics all the time and people who are coming in starting their business. And honestly, I could not have run that down better myself. And in terms of challenges Lorraine experienced in those early days, how have these challenges evolved as the business has scaled? So obviously, when you set out first and you started out, it's about getting started, getting people in. And now 15 years down the line, how have those challenges evolved? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, the, like the first day, you know, I, I'll never forget the first day that we opened the cafe, 25 Cedar Cafe in Dunleary in 2006. And we opened at one o'clock and it was like absolute headless chickens. But people, there was an interest, there was a buzz, you know, we had built up, we put posters on the windows, like simple, effective things, Sharon, that, you know, yes. like we had gone around to all the local businesses and said, hi, how are you? 
this is what we're going to be doing. Can we put a poster up? So we generated a little bit of a buzz. And that's the thing, you know, marketing your business is without a doubt the single most important thing that you will ever do. And, you know, if it's word of mouth, if it's social media, if it's postcards, if it's a postcard drop, if it's a newspaper article or whatever, you know, if it's you just going out and networking, there's a plethora of ways that you can do it. And none of them are wrong and none of them, you know, all of them will bring value to your business. So that's really important. So at the beginning, it was very, very simple, you know, sending a press release out to the newspapers and fingers Mm -hmm. crossed we might get an out, we might get a shout in the newspaper. and, And we did, you know, we got articles and we got mentions and we were very very lucky and there was a queue at the front door before we opened the doors at one o'clock that day and I'll never forget as long as I live I was looked up and I was absolutely petrified but I was also so excited inside it was a complete mixture of the two feelings because I just felt this is some oh my god I'm so excited this is just amazing and I still feel that excitement 15 years later which is absolutely I feel so blessed to to have that feeling, but certainly, you know, marketing your business and hoping that people are going to come in through the door, that is the first challenge. Then it's keeping your customers and making sure that you listen to them and encourage feedback. That is so important. Mm-hmm. And that has evolved throughout the year, Sharon, from just word of mouth, talking to the customers, to online questionnaires and asking for feedback and social media, et cetera, et cetera. One of the biggest challenges that I found when we opened first was, basically was cash flow. I mean, I just could not have prepared myself for being able to deal with that and running the business at the time and trying to get the accounts done and looking at all of that as a whole. For me, I'm very much front of house and I'm a people's person and I Mm -hmm. love customers and I'm obsessed with all that. Whereas the back of house aspect is so, so important and it's vitally important and it's trying to get a good balance between the two. So that was definitely a challenge. And it's something that I've really continued to learn and aspire to be better at over the years, Sharon, because, you know, finance is is vitally important. And without money in your bank account, you're not going to be able to open your doors or pay your wages or pay your suppliers. And it may sound like a very simple philosophy, but it can be very challenging, particularly in the early days, to juggle both. So if I would give any advice to anybody, it would be to definitely open when you're ready when you're ready to open and make sure you know I always say walk in the shoes of the person that you aspire to be and by in saying that I mean if you want to open up a hairdresser's or if you want to open up a restaurant or a cafe or whatever you want to do definitely definitely speak to the person that maybe you've you know you've merged this idea on or somebody who's doing something similar to you because you can just never underestimate the value of the advice that you can get before you open Sharon it is so so important and I wish that I had done a lot more of that then mm-hmm. so I would love that people wouldn't make that mistake again if I could even say that to people now I'd love that they would be more confident going in and, and covering all of those areas because they are so important yeah absolutely and it's true we often we have these behavioral patterns you know so in sales and marketing it's the people person side of things that would have got you the sale and built that relationship and then you're diving into the accounts in the background, which, yes, can be boring, but is totally key to the business without okay. it. it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so, Lorraine, you talked so much about marketing there. And I have to say, GFP, there's just such a great vibe about it. But the staff are core to that brand. So how do you ensure they stay motivated and aligned with the GFP vision? Well, that's a brilliant question, Sharon. And, you know, the team, I always speak about the team, that Gourmet Food Parlor is not about Lorraine Heskin. It's about the people that work in the business. And I cannot emphasize that enough. 
It's about people who've come and gone and what they've brought to the business along the way and what we've learned and the mistakes that we've made and how we have worked through those mistakes together. And then the great decisions that we've made as well. So the team are very, very, very important to me. And particularly over the last year, I think as well, you know, it was a scary, scary year for businesses across the board who were struggling and who have been closed down. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, surrounding yourself with good people, it sounds like a very, very simple philosophy, but it is such an important thing to say because when you're surrounded by good people, very, very good things happen. And I really believe that the culture in the business, you know, it's you're constantly working on the culture. It's so important to have a positive, welcoming culture. And one of the things that I worked on in the last say, year and a half, Sharon, was a wellness group for the business. So basically inviting core senior managers into this group. And we are focusing on the wellness of all of the teams on the ground in the restaurants, um, in head office and all throughout the business. And that is going from things like just working on training together, working on our well-being, our mental health. How are we feeling? Are we struggling? Do we need any extra support? How's, how is everyone feeling? So it's things like that. And just, you know, complimenting each other, making sure that we're taking time out, that our work-life balance is good, you know, and that everybody is also getting on well in our careers. You know, are, are people ambitious? If you're ambitious, I want to be able to put you on a growth path. And then if you're happy in your role, brilliant. Then, you know, how do we keep you happy? How do, how do you remain happy? And it, it is very, very important. And I feel very, very blessed. And I say this all the time and it comes straight from my heart because honestly, like the team are just incredible. And the energy, like even you say, you know, from a marketing perspective, you think, oh, there's such a great vibe. Like I feel the vibe, like the vibe is just yeah. unbelievable. And for the team to still have that vibe after the last year, it's just incredible. And they are so excited to reopen and we're getting everything ready in the restaurant. So, I mean, look, it's my responsibility to keep that going, Sharon. And that is the most important thing for me. And I feel so blessed. Yeah, brilliant. And you get what you give as well. There's almost a reciprocal thing there. So the energy that you're creating there comes back to you and it creates that cycle of positivity, I suppose. And that's what you need after this year in particular. God, if we needed anything, that's it. Oh, so. that's it, Sharon. Absolutely. And I think as well, we're grateful, like I'm just so grateful for so many things in my life, personal and business wise, because mm -hmm. I think this year has taught us as well to just sit down and take a moment and just reflect on our lives. And we, we're we here for one, one chance and one chance at this. And I think COVID has brought a lot of positives and a lot of negatives to people's lives. But if we were to look at the positives, that would be one of the ones for me is to think, you know, I'm just going to take a minute now and I'm just going to figure out. Is this the right direction? And what am I doing? And how am I feeling? You know, how am I feeling? Yes. How's everybody feeling? You know, so I, I'm very grateful for that, I have to say. Yeah, I really admire, Lorraine, your level of self-awareness around that, because so many people, it's easy to get panicked. It's easy to bulldoze or steamroll through to the next project, etc. So it's been great to take that time and to pass on those skills to the staff as well. So moving from the staff to outside the business, how important has networking been? as a way for you to build and maintain the, a robust business? Oh, networking, Sharon. I mean, I just can't emphasize just the benefits of it in every way, shape and form. Yeah. From not just building your own confidence as a business owner and building your own confidence around your business and getting your business out there, but getting to know people and getting to, you know, sometimes when you're running a, a business, it can be a lonely spot because sometimes, you know, when you're the boss, 
it's very, very difficult. You know, I'm not going to go around to the teams and tell them that I'm absolutely struggling or that I feel really bad down or that mm-hmm. this didn't work out. And oh my God, because yes. that's not fair on them, you know. So it's lovely to be able to meet fellow business owners and talk to them about your business and know that you're not alone and know that you're not just going through this bad time that somebody else might be going through the same or struggling as well, or also hearing about other people's experiences. And that's really important. So that helps you to build more confidence in your role mm-hmm. as a leader within your business. But obviously, and most importantly, it gets you business and it gets you out there and it gets your name out and about. And, and that is the key part. And I think there's so many benefits to it. I mean, I've had been in many network groups over the years. I mean, I get out there. I, I love to like go to different seminars or join the webinars and talk to people and find people's names and contact them on LinkedIn. And there's, yeah. there's just a whole, there's a whole path of opportunity that comes out of networking that is inspiring. And also it can be very, very daunting going out there and, and you know, standing up in front of people and talking about your business. But I'll tell you, if you prepare yourself the first time you do it, if you push yourself outside your comfort zone, there is no greater sense of achievement than actually fulfilling something that you were so nervous about doing in the first place. And I just think, again, I talk about confidence and it's not cockiness because there's a massive difference between the two. You have to have confidence and that belief in yourself and in your business. And when you get out there and people see that energy and you're starting to get compliments and nice feedback from people, there's just no greater feeling in the world, to be honest. Brilliant. And you can see everything being reflected back at you and it almost validates it then, doesn't it? That, yeah, oh, completely. Yeah, it working. does. <laughs> and it drives you forward then, Sharon. It really drives you forward. It gets you even more motivated, you know. Yes, exactly. And I suppose what you're giving there as well. I mean, I believe it or not, we first met in 2019. I feel like I know you forever, <laughs> but you kindly came and spoke at one of our events. And it wasn't just, you know, I obviously got a huge amount from it. and But even our, our own interaction of chatting before and afterwards, But the hundred people in that room also got huge benefit from that. And, you know, again, you you get what you give. So there's there's that element as well, the community spirit and also making a positive connection with people that they want to give you a call again. And thankfully, you took my call because I'm delighted to have you here. (laughs) Oh, look, it's my pleasure. And even just on that evening in particular, Sharon, there were so many amazing people in that room and I got to know some amazing women that I'm still in touch with now from that evening that I spoke um, in 2019. And that's it, the, the connections that you make and the, I suppose the impact that has on your life, you know, is, is is so positive and it's wonderful. It was wonderful. So thank you for asking me to speak that night. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're you're so welcome. And what it goes back to, you just said it there, connection. I mean, some people are so allergic to the word networking, but it's about making connections and connecting with people and connections, you know, that, that are of value and of quality. So look, you've alluded to it already. The last 12 months have been absolutely crazy, to say the least. What has been your approach to staying on track insofar as you could in such challenging circumstances? Well, you know, I go back to that Sunday in March of last year where I decided I closed, I suppose, a few weeks early, Sharon. I decided to that really the environment was just not. I was very nervous. Yeah. yeah. I was nervous for customers. I was nervous for staff. We didn't know what the coronavirus meant. We didn't know the impact yeah. it was going to have. So I decided to close on the Sunday. I sat at my kitchen table and never forget it. And I put my senior management team on speakerphone and I said to them, I think we should close today at six o'clock. What do you think? And they all agreed. They, they were all out on the, you know, out in the restaurants and out and about. and They could yeah. feel it as well. Yeah. So we made the decision together and we closed. And really, you know, because 
I've never experienced anything like that before in my life. Obviously, it was fight or flight mode. I was nervous and I was worried about whether the business would survive because, I mean, I would have a heart attack about closing down for 24 hours, let, yeah. let alone nearly a year later. God, I mean, absolutely. look, it's, it's amazing. Look what you do under pressure. And slowly but surely, you know, I closed down. Then a few days later, got onto the team. I made everybody redundant overnight by maybe about four or five because I needed to close down the restaurants. We needed to we give stock to charity, stuff like that, because there was there was stuff that we just weren't going to be able to use. Yeah. And then we were able to freeze down stuff. We had to deep clean all the restaurants, make sure the kitchens were all closed and defrost all the fridges. And I mean, it was just, oh it was goodness. a lot. There wow. was a lot to do. Yeah. So then I spoke to the team and I said, look, we're allowed to open for takeaway. What should we do? So we thought about it carefully had a good chat about it, went away and did a bit of research and decided, you know, we'll try one restaurant. And we decided to open up Santry as a drive through. So we brought back a couple of managers, two chefs that were well able to work within the allocated space. We said, call this number and we'll drop the food out to the passenger seat of your car. And it worked really, really well. Now, it didn't take off overnight, Sharon, in any way, shape or form. It was fine. It was quiet enough for a couple of days. But customers started getting in touch then saying, we miss you. Can we have this? Can we have that? So, I mean, that gave us another little, I suppose, foot forward to go, Okay, people are looking for our products. How can we step this up a notch? So look, to cut a very long story short, we opened unit by unit very, very, very slowly. We've got a really good online training system called Flow, Sharon. So it enables all our, our teams to upgrade and to learn and to develop online. So it eliminates having to get groups together, which sometimes it is great to get groups together. And we do that. But the online means there's consistent training ongoing and that we can keep everybody upgraded. So before anyone came back to work, everybody was able to go online, get their COVID training, pass the test and then come into work. So that was brilliant. And then we slowly kind of took off. And and it was very, very challenging, very challenging to work with landlords, with the banks. You know, if you have any loans out there, leasings, cash flow staff staff well-being staff morale the yeah. business sales i mean look at it's a whole line of challenges <laughs> right there and yeah. look at it was taking little step by step sharon and i mean everybody i i can't i can't tell you how lucky we were that everybody really worked with us now some better than others and we had to work through some sticky situations mm-hmm. we did and yeah I'm, I'm really glad that we were able to do that and it's been it's been busy. I mean, when we reopened then in, on June the 30th last year, I mean, look at our customers are so loyal to us. And it was absolutely yes. incredible. I mean, at the time, I remember I was like, look, we'll open for takeaway and hopefully the quality of our food will still remain the same for our customers when we delivered to their homes. I had 12 vans in our catering kitchen that was absolutely closed down. And we put the 12 vans out on the road. And that's what I did with them, Sharon. So it was like moving one to the other. And then we we went online. You know, we created an online platform on our website for our customers. We are working with Just Eat, Uber Eats, and you name it, we're working with them. Because all of it combined together has meant that I can keep 130 jobs going over the last few months. I mean, for me, that was the priority. The priority was jobs, surrounding myself with my brilliant team who's always been with me by my side and keeping their jobs going. And that was the ultimate and keeping the business going, keeping the brand alive. And that was the focus for the last year. And like any other business, look, at that's what everybody has had to do. And I feel so lucky that we were able to get through this. We've worked hard. We've worked hard, very hard on new ideas and transitioning the business in lots of different ways. 
But I mean, we've tried out things that have failed, Sharon, and we've tried out things that have worked really, really well. So it's been great. It's been a massive learning curve. And I feel like a, a better, stronger person as a result of it, I have to say. Yeah, absolutely. It sounds like the every possible skill that was needed, you have had to pull it out of the bag in the past 12 months. But I'm yeah. just struck by how often you talk about we and we tried this and we went through this. There really is a sense of leadership there and pulling people together. And and the why, your why was very strong. Keep these jobs going. Keep everybody yeah. here. Just yeah, brilliant. Absolutely. Absolutely. Number one. So, Lorraine, going back to that person who perhaps at the moment is sitting at their kitchen table thinking about starting a business, what advice would you give to them? Oh, well, you know what I would say to them as well is like if you feel that there is this something in you and and you felt it for some time and you've always wanted to do this, give it a go. Because I tell you, it is the best thing that I have ever done. And the last 15 years for me have not been flawless. There's been many, many highs and many, many lows. But I'll tell you, I always look at the lows as a massive learning curve and for making me a better person. And that is the way that I would look at that. So go for it. And if you believe in yourself and you believe in this business concept, go for it. But get advice. Definitely get advice. If anybody wants to contact me directly, please do. I will happily help anyone I can. But definitely get advice and go to your local local enterprise office where there is so much support for you there and get the support because I'll tell you, you need it. And, And the more support you have before you even open the doors of your business, the stronger the foundation it will be for you and the more successful things will be. So go for it. Do it. Here at Leo Fingo, we're here for people like that's the whole, you know, that's concept. Yeah, Yeah. that's that's the reason for our being. So definitely encourage that. So if you were to go back in time, Lorraine, and start again, what one thing would you do differently? That's a very, very, very hard question to answer. But off the top of my head, what I would probably do differently is because I'm in the restaurant business, I would probably have waited to get a premises in a better location than I did. Because when I was looking for the premises at the time, it was Celtic Tiger times and everything was rented and nobody wanted to look at somebody new coming in. And so I rented a very small building off a side street, off a side street in Dunleary, which in a way was very, very good for me because, uh, you know, I I had to fight very, very hard to keep the business going. and, And that will always stand to me. But in a way, I've moved from there since now to a stronger location on the main street in Dunleary across from the dark station, which is absolutely beautiful. Mm -hmm. In a way, I was so excited to start my business. I was probably too fast about it. And the building absorbed a lot of money because it was an old, old building and the money could have gone into more marketing and more development of the business. Mm -hmm. So my naivety kind of in, in my excitement to open the business prevented me from I suppose going down a different path so if I was to go back again I would definitely definitely say I would have waited for a better premises and then you know yeah that's probably one of the things that I would say yeah brilliant oh my goodness Lorraine thank you so much so much wisdom in that honestly 30 minutes of pure gold in terms of what (laughs) people can do from start to finish and you're an inspiration to all of us we're proud to have you as a business in Fingal we wish Gourmet Food Parlour and you and your team the very best of luck with the reopening and thank you thanks Lorraine thank you so much Sharon it was my pleasure we hope you enjoyed today's podcast episode brought to you by local enterprise office Fingal For more information and to keep up to date with our services, check out www.localenterprise.ie forward slash Fingal and sign up to our newsletter.